Welcome to the Babecast. I'm your host, Dr. Taylor Burroughs, otherwise known as Dr. Babe. Brought to you by Victor Valentine from victorvalentine.xyz. And you can contact Victor for instructional website design and marketing consultations. Victor will teach you how to build websites and how to market yourself while he does it for you in real time video consultation. Using only the finest natural ingredients that make all of us look and feel better, Noble Body brings you the best in face oil, body scrubs, and hair oil. Please visit noble-body.com. If you're anything like me, you love that delicious piping hot cup of coffee to wake up like you mean it first thing in the morning. And boy, do I have a recommendation for you. You've got to try Ground Shark Coffee. So go to groundsharkcoffee.com and order yours today. Thank you to Bill Maser. He's the founder of the Men of Character Conference. And that is a free event happening online September 24th to the 26th. So visit menofcharacterconference.com to register today. Today's episode with Jason Gray and Red Horse is a powerful one where we get to know Mr. Gray more intimately. He shares his journey with us and, and they both weave in some great insights that we should all be focusing on. I especially like this one from Jason. When you can create a space between your external situations and your response versus reaction, that's when everything changes. Now, let's hear from the gentlemen themselves. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about yourselves. And there may be audience members that don't know who you are, but I know we've met on, on Twitter and this is the first time we're speaking on the phone. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah, I mean, what led me to Twitter and kind of to this whole, I guess, environment or whatever we want to call it, sphere online is um, about a year and a half ago at this point, um, I figured I was just kind of, I figured I was just kind of the normal guy, you know, I was working, I worked for the government, um, was in the military a little bit before that, and it was kind of the same stereotype that you would see. I was working a lot, I was gone all the time. And stressed out, overworked, not really what you would consider happy. So I kind of started down the path like anyone does with, you know, psychology, then kind of into philosophy, then into the more spiritual stuff, which is, you know, in quotes, because that's just what you define it yourself anyway. It's a subjective thing. But things in my life started to, so it was a set of incidents that kind of led to where I'm at now. So I was in the military. I was deployed at one point while I was deployed. My mom was murdered. So I had to come home for that. And obviously that's not an easy situation to deal with, but it was also somewhat of a catalyst to get me to where I'm at now. So you had that incident. And then what comes with that, you know, it wasn't easy to deal with. You get home, you have to deal with all that stuff. My family was a wreck. You have to deal with the environment itself, which is not a good environment. So after dealing with that and during dealing with that, things started to happen. You know, I started to get that spark, as they say, where I started to realize slowly that maybe there was a such thing as not feeling this way, which I think most people do in their daily lives. You know, we're lost. We're all stuck in our heads. This is what I talk about on Twitter all the time. And we're stuck in these mental models and these concepts that we create and we put ourselves in boxes. So even in a situation with me where it was pretty, 
you know, it was not a good situation that wouldn't happen to anyone and they would feel good about it. But it was enough of a catalyst to make me say, you know, there's probably a such thing as being in a better position with this because there are people in my family that have ruined their whole life over that and they've never gotten out of that view or that perception or whatever you want to call it. And then you fast forward a little bit and I started working for the federal government after I got out of the military and it was a tough job, a lot of traveling, um, a lot of training. Uh, there was injuries involved, you know, everything that comes with that lifestyle. And I was in my twenties at the time. So the same thing was happening as I was having these kind of, I don't like to call them experiences because that's what everyone calls them. But these moments where I was thinking, you know, I don't think that this is really how life is supposed to be lived. You know, we're stuck in our heads all day. A lot of people aren't happy. We're doing things to cover it up. We're not looking at the source of these problems. And in the midst of doing that, I was traveling around the world and busy and all these things. So I had a few injuries when I was in there, sucked it up, kind of moved on from there. And then a year ago, around the time that I got on Twitter and linked up with Red Horse, I had a choice to make because I had another injury and it was hitting the point where, okay, you're either going to keep doing this and it's going to get worse or you're going to have to make the decision to get out. And if you think of most people, we're defined by our professions, by our jobs, and especially in my line of work with the gun and the badge and all these titles that we take. And in one instant, after talking to the doctors and all these things, I was out of that. So I live, as I've told you guys, and Red Horse knows, I live literally on the side of a mountain on acreage, and after that happened, that uh, injury, it turned into my version of, you know, being in the Himalayas in a cave. So it just hit a point where I, ha I had to start asking these hard questions. So now the job's gone, everything's gone, the image, the title, you're laid up, and you're sitting on the side of a mountain. So that's not an easy situation for most people, and it's not when you're trying to get to the core of what's going on. And during that time, I can remember having these moments or whatever you want to call them, where I'd be going into an MRI or, or just doing something that wasn't normal because of the injury, but thinking, you know, there is a such thing as feeling better than I feel now. And that's when I started going down those paths with the reading and the studying and all these things but you hit a wall, you know, when you do the linear stuff, as they call it, you know, you hit a wall with this stuff. And then you start jumping into the nonlinear, the metaphysical or whatever word you want to use. And that's where I started getting these answers. So around that time, time was going on. It was very difficult because I was trying to heal, but also trying to deal with what happens when you're leaving that job, because it's not an easy process. And I read hundreds of books, did the meditating, did all these things. And what I came up with was, you know, it, it's what most of these sages have been saying for a million years anyway, is a lot of our issues are self-created. You know, it's in our mind. We create a concept. We take a position on this concept. And then we're stuck in that position because anytime something goes out of that position, we're now 
at the mercy of that because as we know life doesn't go as we want it to go all the time so if you're stuck in these mental boxes you're just torturing yourself and there's this there's a line that i always remember from a guy named you guys probably know him dr joe dispenza i think that's how you say it he had a book called becoming supernatural and this i was reading it and things started to shift and he has a quote it's not exact where he says you know when you can maintain an internal state independent of the conditions on the external you are a master of your environment so that's what all of these sages have been saying that's what all these people have been saying but we think that our external is what drives us so mm-hmm. got on twitter started learning these things and figure twitter can just be kind of like a running notebook you know and i'll just put out what i've learned see where it goes. I've had people reach out and I've coached with a couple of people. I met Red Horse. I messaged him asking him essentially his definition of transcendence because mm-hmm. he that's kind of his specialty in my opinion or one of them. And it's something that keeps coming up. So to kind of circle around and end it all, that was kind of that's the short version of the journey. There's a lot more details in it, but I learned that when you can create a space between your situation, if you want to call it external, and your response versus reaction, that's when everything changes. Because if we walk outside and our tire's flat, we curse the world, we can't believe it, everything's bad, and we sit on it for the whole day. But there actually is a such thing as not doing that, and that is that Mm -hmm. space that these people talk about. So that's what I try to teach online. That's kind of the short version. That's how I linked up with red horse. And I guess all you guys at this point. Well, uh, you know, that's a hell of a story. So a lot to unpack there and uh, maybe we can get into bits and pieces of it that are relevant to us today. But before moving on, uh, red horse is with us as well. So red horse, I know we've done a, an episode before, but would you, would you like to in- reintroduce yourself to the audience uh known on twitter and instagram and uh, several other new platforms now is the gentleman mystic Uh, i focus on joy and beauty and manners and uh, i guess in some schools of thought it's considered uh you know masculinity but i think it's just being being kind (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh you know, I'm been uh, practicing uh, and teaching meditation for many, many years, and involved with uh, the North American Flower Soldiers tradition, and just kind of mix all of these good, uh, sweet things together, and just live my life. And, and on my journey, I find that I'm being introduced constantly to uh, new and amazing people and at the risk of sounding like I'm blowing smoke up both of your backsides uh, to two of you are <laughs> present. So, well, thank me. you. Yeah. No, no, thank you for, for coming back on. I thought it'd be great to have the two of you on together because it seems like you've, you've found a way to link and there are some, some similarities in your uh, thoughts and your insights. There's a synchronicity there. So um mm-hmm. I just wanted to clarify, Gray, uh, your handle on Twitter, because um, you're, you, you're, we're calling you Jason, but people might know you better as Aware Integrate or Gray on Twitter. Yeah, so it's just at Aware Integrate on Twitter. My website is awarenessintegrations.com, but 
Yeah, if you go to my Twitter, you can find all that information. I had dropped the veil on Twitter early in the year, and there were several people that kind of came into uh, into my awareness. Uh, you know, a mutual friend to all three of us, uh, Jay Campbell being one, and I had I had noticed this gray fella online a lot you know seemed like a real uh, as we call it in the military a real red ass <laughs> but in it you know uh, fair he cruel but fair and uh after my uh when i actually had lunch with uh, jay uh, months ago and he said yeah I, i've got to introduce you to this guy there's this guy you, you do you know where integrate you know gray i said yeah i've, I've, I've seen him online and <clears throat> excuse me and I think within three days, give or take, of the meeting that I had with Jay, uh, Jason reached out to me unbidden by Jay or me with uh, some questions. And we got a backdoor discussion going about, uh, you know, things, you know, related to what he had spoken to, you know, in his introduction. And uh, for, uh, you know, it, just as energy is, we uh, we we vibed and uh, he has uh, become a uh, become a friend and uh, i am uh, a mentor and uh, a bit of a thorn in his side at times trying to talk <laughs> him in, in directions and and give him perspectives on things and um i seem to be doing a pretty decent job because uh he, he goes out of his way to stay in touch and uh <laughs> So, uh, you know, there were some, uh, as he had mentioned, transcendence. There was a, I actually was reviewing yesterday some of our uh, earlier conversations and everything, you know, that was kind of the, the, the linchpin of, uh, of what brought us together was, uh, you know, the concepts of, you know, again, air quotes here, enlightenment and transcendence and what, what these things are and what they are not. And, we just uh, we we really hit it off, and I'm, uh, I'm hoping that uh, this is something that's going to continue uh, from from now until it doesn't need to continue anymore. And Jason, um, from your perspective, how would you describe your relationship? Uh, you know, it's a lot of what he said. I mean, I definitely look up to him as a mentor. Um, he's into multiple disciplines. And I, I don't like saying the word spiritual because it's got its own definition of it, but he's into multiple disciplines. And when I reached out to him, I was kind of hitting a wall and all this studying and reading and, you know, the ancient texts and all these, you know, Buddhism and all this stuff on the word transcendence, because in any discipline, there's some form of transcendence. And I'm sure in your work with psychology and all this, I'm sure they have their own definition of it too. And it was kind of the wall that I was at it. I was at at the time. And I remember reading a hermetic book and they were talking about how the quote unquote masters essentially know the laws. They know how life works. If you want to put it that way. And they laugh at anything that comes their way that would be considered negative. And to me, that's, kind of what we're all searching for even on you know the twitter community we're in but you have to get out of your mind enough to know that and i was just trying to figure out from him what he thought his definition of transcendence was 
And then we started talking and, you know, he's obviously deep into the medicine teachings and, you know, these things all link together and you really do learn, you learn certain things. And there's a few times we had conversations and I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm gaining from this sentence or that, but then right at the end, there'd be that one sentence and you say, that's it. You know, it is a synchronicity. It is a learning thing. And I don't, you know, I, people reach out to me and they ask me questions, but you have to be a student if you ever want to lead. So right. I, yeah, so Absolutely. I do whatever I have to do and I link up with people and that's really it. I mean, you know, I, I look at them as a, a leader in a lot of, venues so yeah just to underscore that point you know i've written i've written on that as well in regards to leadership about how people uh, under or invalidate really being a good follower and that's you have to go through that and and that has to be a layer basically you don't want to lose sight of that you have to always want to learn as well as master and teach Mm -hmm. other people so I, I think that's a really important point that, that you bring into it. it is a, it's a symbiotic relationship. So um, the, the two of you, maybe on one, one experience, in one experience, the leadership one way, and then another one, it'll go the other way. It's, it's not a unilateral um, relationship. Well, I got into teaching, and this was something that when, when I say it to some people, they look at it as being very... Uh, selfish and self-centered, and uh, I, I does not care if they look at it that way. <laughs> but that being, uh, I teach for my benefit, and if the people I am teaching or uh, imparting information to get something from it, that's gravy. Yeah, it's it's anybody that is able to. You have to be able to have some comprehension of what you're talking about to be able to explain it to people. Or you don't, you don't get it, and and it's even more difficult when you're talking about concepts uh, like metaphysics and 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 spirituality or you know anyality or ology, and you know there's there's an old saying that you know that uh, anytime there's a a lesson taught that you know that there are two people that learn you know the teacher and the student, and I learned so much. In, in, a, in a role as a teacher and a mentor and a healer and, and a guide. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew early on that this was something that, you know, I was compelled to do. I, I have really had no choice in it. Fair enough. I, I understand that as well. Just and, and in my work as a counselor, I think you have to, you have to have that humility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing when you're branding and you talk about being an expert, but in the actual conversation and that connection with someone, whether it's online on a video chat or face to face, you can't play the expert in that room for me as well. Right. So I, I understand a little bit of what you, what you, what you're talking about, although it's a separate example. Um, Jason, just, you know, your story that you were sharing with us in the beginning, especially about your mother, I had no idea about that. And, and what a, a brave, you know, thing to have to, to face, basically. I mean, obviously, you, ha- you I don't know the details, but it sounds like you're, you have been in a very dangerous or violent um, professional career. So maybe, you, you know, your, your sensitivity or exposure to that 
may be different than than most, but still, what a horrifying thing to have to go through as a son to lose his mother in that way. Yeah, and it's a good point because I did feel like that I was coming from, you know, one bad place to another bad place. But it was, and I also took the, you know, took most of it because no one in my family could handle it. So, you know, I went to the house where it happened and I cleaned the stuff up and I put myself in that situation because I knew no one else could handle it. In theory, I probably wasn't handling it the best either. Um, I was, you know, doing what everyone did. I was drinking a lot at the time. I was angry at the world. You know, I was just pissed off young and then something like this happened but it also led to and you know these experiences it led to these things that I can remember even being younger and always thinking to myself I, I keep repeating this that there probably is another viewpoint of what's going on you know the idea that you know there's people out there that would have that happen and say well which I did say multiple times I'm just happy for the time I did have with this person. And then there's other people in my family that still haven't gotten over it. So there really, it is a choice in perspectives, but you have to go deep enough to see that because if I just wake up every day and say, well, it didn't bother me. I'm okay. You're just putting a bandaid on it. So it was rough, but it allowed me, I think to go deep enough to get to the point I'm at now because there's no way, whatever cool words you want to use, waking up, um, aware, whatever, there's no way that where I was at that time compared to my jobs, which are anti-aware, that I would be at this point. So something, you know, whether you want to call it, I don't know, a divine spark or whatever words you want to use, something because of these incidents pushed to this point. So really, yeah, I wish it didn't happen. There was many more incidents in that time, but I, you have to be realistic to what it leads to. And like in, you know, alchemy and all these disciplines, you have to have, you know, the dark before the light and you have to see both of these things. And even in the last month, I told red horse this offline a few weeks ago, at this point, I was still, when I was traveling, dealing with these things and purging them and looking at, but the key is to look at them, observe them as, you know, Zen and all that would say, and be able to respond properly. I don't have to have a feeling about that time and react like a madman. I just say, Oh, there it is. You know, it's a meditative state up. Oh, there's that feeling again. Where's that coming from? So it led me mm-hmm. to that point And but yeah, you brought up a good point because I took the took all of it when it happened. And you could argue whether that was good or not, but it led to here. And uh, Red Horse, did you support Jason through this a little bit of when he approached you? Was this part of your conversation with him? Um, uh, well, yes. Um, you know, I, th- the event happened long before we ever met, but there was from my perspective, a great deal of processing that uh, Jason had not yet done. And, you know, I may have more than anything, I think just having, having a uh, impartial ear to listen to, because when, when he related the story to me, I was, I was aghast. I could not believe, Mm. I mean, I knew of his, 
being what we call you know in the sandbox, uh, you know, being uh, overseas on deployment, what what just is you know day to day things that you see there, but to, for something to happen to your mother and, you know, you know, there's a lot more to this story that he's not sharing that really doesn't need to come out, but suffice it to say that it, mm -hmm. it was as bad as you think that could have been, it was actually worse. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yep. my, uh, my perspective on this was just to, to, you know, not try and cheer him up, not try to, to solve any problems, but to, um, you know, anytime something came up about it, you know, I would, I would give perspective and, you know, like a, a lot of the stuff that we all do, you, you know, you, you said such and such and such and such. I said that, I don't remember that. So I, I don't know that I played any major role in, uh, in his healing on this, but uh, uh, I can say from what I know about the, the details, um, he has done some amazing work and, it, I, I, you know, it, as he said, uh, that is what was one of the catalytic uh, events that brought him to this point. And mm -hmm. you don't want to look at tragedies as as good things, but you know sometimes good does come from tragedy. Yep. Mm -hmm. What he has been able to do in this instance and many others in his life is absolutely. This is a you know people want a definition of what transcendence is. This is it. Hmm. You know, to to go beyond, to to yep. to break the, the the chains, the barriers, whether they're self-imposed or externally uh, forced upon us, or the uh, the emotional bonds. I mean, it, it, you know, I I know not I, I know Jason pretty well, and he's not a Vulcan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not. Uh, well, well, you know, it was tough. I I dealt with it. I manned up. You know, what's next? No. There's been a lot of pain that he's had to process, and mm -hmm. you know, the only reason for us to even be talking about this is hopefully you know the folks that are listening to this will recognize that hey, uh, you know, if, if a big tough guy with a manly beard <laughs> can come out the other side of something like this, we know that it, you know everybody can. Yeah, and it's a good point too that Taylor said where it's you know the superhero comment this is kind of what I try to push to people is there is a such thing as being like that. And, you know, I don't look at my situation as special that that happens to people every day, but it's how you respond to it and what you do with it. And there is actually a such thing as not living in that space and doing it without covering it up. I've been to some of these spiritual gatherings and churches and seminars, I, I've gone down every rabbit hole you can go down in the past year and a half. And I do find that a lot of people cover it up. They say, well, you know, the, the course in miracles or whatever they're following, which is a good text, but you know, it's telling me to love. So I'm just going to love. So every time something bad happens, I'm just going to love, but are you really, feeling that is your mind clear enough from your past and your things to where you can put that into action. But there is a such thing as doing that you can be, if you want to call it a superhero or whatever you want to call it, you can be that. And you have to know that that's actually, as they would say, a meditation, your natural state. You know, if you take, I've said this a hundred times and it's a good example, but it's kind of backwards. If you were to take some pill that calms you down, and it slows parts of your brain, ups your GABA, you know, all these receptors. 
you're just going to sit if you just sat in a room and there's going to be nothing going on because your mind has slowed down. You're not reacting to things like you normally would. And that's what life is. Actually, it's not your thoughts. It's not your head. It's that it's a buzz in the background that we never relate to because we're so stuck in, well, tomorrow I have this appointment. I have this, I have that. And things get covered up. And in a year and a half, if there was anything special I did, I just dived into all of it because I had the time. I was up here doing it. And if you don't do that, I don't believe that someone can be awake or wake up or whatever. You have to hit those sources and you have to become that superhero if you want to say it. But it is possible. That's the point I try to make to mm. people. And I think the what brings even more texture to this is is – I mean, I really don't know the details, but it sounds like you come from a, a professional realm that maybe other people would consider you a mortal type of superhero, right? Like if you're carrying a badge and a gun and, and you're, you're whatever it is that you're doing, but that's a whole different, more literal, tangible um, authority position yeah. um, versus this um, uh, spiritual, emotional transcendence that we're talking about. So this seems to be much more uh, connected to the, that enlightenment realm um, and maybe more meaningful to you. It, it, it sounds like those are two completely different worlds that, that, you, that you transcended from the physical world to this world. Yeah, and I respect all the time that I had in those jobs and some of it was cool, some of it wasn't. You know, it was something that needed to happen, but it's, you're living in a title, you're living in a definition and it's very egoic in a lot of ways because you do have the quote unquote power and you are dealing with people and, you know, you're in places that aren't great and all these things. But I, I don't downplay things that were important to me in the time I had in the service, if you want to call it that. But my most important time has been recently because you can't I, I have a big problem with. You know, a good example would be retirement. People don't live now so they can retire later. Well, what's the point of living then? You know, you have to wake up to the fact that you have titles, you have definitions, there's things you do. But if you're only identified with that, you're never truly living. You know, it's like they say identifying with the body. If that's all you identify with, then nothing else outside of that exists. So it was an important time, but this year and a half, this time that I really woke up and went down the holes, you know, this is what means the most to me, really. But this is a whole different conversation um, that, you know, not everybody is, is really comfortable having, I guess. How, what kind of importance do you think it has for other people in their lives like if they're not having this conversation is it something that they should be having well, I can't speak to, I can't speak to what other people think or don't think but from my perspective it, it, this is what I'm about to say is very blunt and uh, seems very uncompassionate and, and unkind but the, the bottom line is uh, everybody that will hear this recording within the next you know several months of it being released, uh, will be dead within the next hundred years, very likely. I mean, I know there are new technologies on online now that may keep us alive longer, but for the most part, we are all going to be dead. And the 
the fact that so many people don't live while they have the chance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so sad. I mean, yep. you know, Jason, certainly more than me, he has seen his, you know, when you know when you're in the in the sandbox and and you know dealing with you know IEDs and all that kind of stuff you know death is a it's in your face and you know we don't want to think about that inevitable event and you know there uh, it's not pleasant and I'm not trying to make it out as some wonderful thing or some uh, uh, you know macabre fascination I have with death it's just an awareness that okay, we have a limited amount of time here. Do we want to uh, embrace what it is to be alive, to, to experience uh, you know, a, a, a joyous, uh, beautiful uh, life? Or do we want to get wrapped up in the, you know, uh, chasing the online dollars and, and uh, you know, worrying about the promotion or arguing with the, with the, the spouse or the kids? I mean, that is not to say that those aspects of life are not important. Putting things into perspective and recognizing that we are not just physical beings. We are not just spiritual beings. We 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 are composed of a pentamerous nature of body, emotions, mind, spirit, and the creative expressive self that is the very center of what it is to be alive. And most people that are caught up their own rat race or that are um, lost is a good way to say it. It's because they're focusing on one of those five aspects and not all yep. five. It yep. has to be balance. And what Jason teaches in his, uh, in his realm and what, what I do in mine is balance. We, we come at it from, we, we have different wheelhouses, but um, the balance is the critical thing. Because I have seen so many people in my life that want to tell me how spiritual they are. They're so spiritual, and they're they're obese. Uh, they're they can't walk without a cane because they're they're, they're diabetic. You know, and you know if that is the experience that people willingly choose in this lifetime, I don't begrudge them that. That said, there's a whole lot more that's out there if people will just. Uh, just look at it. I, I set out a tweet. It was one of my offhand things uh, about a week ago, and I can't believe some of the answers I got back on. And it was just very simply this. You don't have to be rich to live well. Most people understood that. They got it. But there were a bunch of what I would guess was young bucks that were saying, oh, you ain't never been around poor people then. You know, you don't know what it is. You need money. Yeah. <laughs> Miss the point. Yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't even engage. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a big circuitous uh, answer to to your question. You, you know, do I think people should? No, or do do I think they must? No, do I think they should? Eh, they might want to consider it. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I feel like you have to know death in order to live. I mean, there's just no other way around it. You have to, in a sense you know, it's kind of extreme. You have to feel it. You have to know it. You have to kind of be friends with it. You can't make it the ending to anything because what's ending, you know, then when you get into these questions, well, what's ending, you know, you've got a million religions saying it doesn't end. you got a mere million sages saying it doesn't something survives. 
we could say nobody knows, but you have to know that in order to live. And, you know, as a footnote, I wasn't overseas getting blown up and all this. My experience there was a lot better than most. And it was not something that would be in a movie or anything like that. But I did learn real quick on a few incidents. I can remember sitting in the turret and, you know, as they say, going outside the wire and nothing happened. I'm not saying it was a war story, but I can remember thinking I'm letting go of this fear right now because at that time it was serving me no purpose. And now it's more of an awareness of just something outside of this physical vessel. And then I would argue that if you don't believe it, you don't want to believe it. You can't find the quote unquote source or the proof. It still allows you to live a better life. So I don't really see why you wouldn't practice something like this. If you feel it, if you see it, I'm not saying make it up, but you know, Mm -hmm. Well, what is the how to? I mean, uh, Red Horse, you were talking about the five parts. Do you want to? The technical term for it is the pentamerous nature of self. Mm -hmm. For most people, you know, you tend to get uh, people will observe three, you know, body, mind, and spirit, and they leave emotions out and and they don't think that it's a, a separate thing. But you know, if somebody cuts you off in traffic and you get fly into a rage, emotion is very real. Uh, when you sit at a, uh, a dinner table across from your beloved and you look in, in their eyes and that fire builds within you, you know, it's emotions are very real and um, they are not a part of the mind. They are something else entirely. And, you know, we could, we could do another two or three shows easily just on, on the pentamerous nature of self. But the, you know, I guess the cliff notes version of it is, is for first for people to recognize that's the makeup, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a medicine wheel and you, you can look at a diagram of a medicine wheel and you're actually looking at a mirror. This is, this is a mirror of who we are as human beings. It's a mirror of the physical world around us. Um, you know, I just that acknowledgement of that verity is more than a lot of people are, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, a lot of folks just, well, you know, if I, if I believe in, in some mysterious God and, you know, if I follow the rules as the, the, the guy up in the pulpit says, uh, you know, I'll, I'll die and go to heaven. And the funny thing is what, Jason and I are talking about has nothing to do with religion. You can practice any religion you want and still approach life the way he and I do. And it doesn't take away from religion at all. Matter of fact, in in my experience for people that are religious, this, this is a force multiplier. Yep. When, when you can look at life as it is and appreciate it as it is and recognize that there is paradox and being comfortable in paradox and not trying to to say that two contradictory positions can't be held that that has not been my experience and when you when you embrace that rather than try to deny it and push it away it puts you in that place that that jason talks about of you know there it is it's it's just right there and it 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 doesn't move me it's 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 an it's an experience. It is, you know, 
and I'm sorry that my words are not doing justice here, but I've said this to, to Jason many times. When you, what we're talking about, words don't cover it. It's something you have to mm-hmm. ceremony. Um, you know, we don't have enough ceremony in our lives, especially in the West. You know, the, the, you graduate high school, such as it is. You might graduate college. You get your driver's license. You, you might get married. You might have a kid. But that those, and they're not even approached at, at from the perspective of, of being ceremonial. They're just kind of things. But to, to be able to mm-hmm. nature, you know, like, uh, like our, uh, our buddy, Mr. Goldman has talked about going out yes. and, and sitting down next to a tree and, and having a literal out loud discussion with a tree and not worrying if somebody walks up on you, is, is this you know, crazy long haired guy uh, talking to a tree. I don't, I don't, I do not care. I'm too old to care what people think about me. (laughs) And, but to, to be able to sit down and put my feet in water or to, uh, uh, it's been going since before we actually hit the record button today. I've had uh, sage burning here and this, uh, Mm -hmm. this is, this is ceremony. This is, this is a healing. This is a teaching. And when you approach your life intentionally from that perspective, new vistas open up, doors open up to, to, to things that because you've never seen it, you don't know. It reminds me of uh, how we're just focused so much on doing, you know, that we, we don't um, value the being as much as maybe we should. Uh, and how healing it is for us and, and, and enlivening that it really does help us connect to our existence when we are able to be mm-hmm. still. Uh, and a lot of people equate that with stagnancy, yep. right? And stillness. So it's, it's recognizing that there's fluidity in stillness. It does not mean the same exactly. thing. And there's, you know, movement is the very, it's one of the fundamental expressions of the single element in all of creation. You know, they, when you get down to it, there's only one element in all of creation, one. And that one element is energy. It manifests in our perception in one of four primary ways, time, space, matter, movement. And I mean, what I, I just, I just gave the basic, uh, you know, theorem for for all of creation now well what what about consciousness what about awareness it all springs from that and to you know know, people would look at me from the outside sitting on a meditation cushion in uh you know in zazen and you know they'd see my belly move when when i'm breathing but you know they think he's very still Oh no, there's a lot of movement going on <laughs> literally in my physical body, you know, and, and how do I choose to meditate? Am I, is this one where I just want to sit and be still water? Is this one where I want to contemplate something? Do I want to work on a problem? And, and, and you could do all of those things in one session. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's one of those things that we, we are constantly told over and over again that uh, meditation will change your life. And there's a reason for that because it will change your life if you practice it. And you know, you don't have to be a monk that goes and sits in the cave and and and, and does 12 hours a day of meditation. Just 
starting with five minutes. And well, what does that look like? Does it need to be guided meditation? Do I sit in quiet? I'm, I'm actually, as we speak, in the, in the process of putting together my first online course about meditation. So um, Great. it'll give people some, uh, some perspectives and, and take it out of the realm of religion or your religious mm-hmm. traditions and just basically focus on the mechanics of it so, so that you know someone that's got a background like Jason could appreciate it. It's just, okay, here it is. Let's look at this. Let's give it a try. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of like just being able to have the option. And that's what I would tell people is if you take everything out of it, and you say, well, how can I do these things you're talking about? Train yourself to have the option to where you don't have to react to where you can sit back and observe and respond. And it's not that difficult because I was trying to use some of these techniques when I was in my with the government and it's anything but unproductive because when you could sit back, especially in leadership and be able to observe and take two seconds to say, "Hmm, you know, I'm going to make the best decision here. That's a lot better than egoic reaction where you're flying off the handle and people talk about the field, which let's just call it that background energy. People call it God, they can call it whatever they want. But the way I see it is, be able to pop into that field when needed and pop out when you don't need it. Just having the option is what makes the mm-hmm. difference. And most people don't have the options. And again, it's, it's not one or the other. You have to also exist in the physical yep. realm. You have to be connected to your humanity. So, and, and I think that's what I'm hearing from you is it is a holistic worldview. I'm, I'm, I'm um, spiritual. And, and- I'm not physical. I'm, I'm integral. All of those five aspects, I try to keep in balance at all times. Doesn't always work. You know, I, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, I am, I am far from a perfect master, but as I've also said, you know, there's no, no one perfect on this planet, even perfect masters. You know, we're all subject to, 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 to what it is to be here. And that's part of it, you know, for, to the, um, to the, point of being in the physical that is why I, I i hang so much on the the gentlemanly aspects of things because you know that's that's what i love you know how i interact with people how i dress um that is important to me there's some guys that probably could could not care less but we all have to find that way of communicating with life which is essentially what what jason was saying and you know whether it whether you say it's life whether it's creative energy buddha nature christ nature god allah you know jehovah it or as i've like i said it it, it sounds like i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here but we're not talking about religion we're talking about the very you know, essence of what it is to be a human being and alive and and experiencing you know i teach that the very reason that we are born into this world is to experience what it is to be alive because before we come here we're we're pure intellect and intellect is aware and, and you know basically in in its own way sort of godlike air quotes up here because it's it 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 is all but omniscient and omnipresent but it's intellect it can't taste a strawberry 
it can't know what it is to run chasing your brother when you when your kids we have to have physical bodies to do that and that's why we come here and you know people can agree with that they can argue the point i don't care either way it has that has i speak from what i know from what i have experienced um and you know people are certainly free to agree or challenge me as they see fit but I mean, I, when I, you know, my, that moment of awakening, of enlightenment, of transcendence for me, if you will, of knowing, oh, shit, this is why I'm here. <laughs> this is why I'm here. I mean, it, you know, the proverbial sky opening up and all, all things are one and, you know, great, wonderful. Okay, you know, now what? <laughs> well, you know, even before I think you know... Before you know why you're here, you know that you're here. You understand what here is. I, a lot of people are missing that connection to, to their existence. I think what, that's what, what I take from knowing death, understanding mortality, appreciating the moment, all of those things. It's, it's relevant to understanding and, and your awareness of of. Of life. I think those, like you said, the now and all these teachings and it all does come down to, like you said, experience. It comes down to a subjective experience and knowing that there is more than your bills or your cell phone going dead. I mean, it's really a lot easier than people make it out to be, but we don't like things easy. I mean, if he just explained pretty much the quote unquote mysteries of life, he already explained it all. It's already been explained on this podcast, but someone's going to say, wait, where's the source? Where'd you get it from? Okay. Where's the source to anything? (laughs) You know, we don't, it's a subjective experience of knowing that there's more than your car, your bills, you know, it's, there's something more, maybe we don't know what it is, but if you can identify with that a little bit, it's going to change your life. I mean, that, that's it. One example, just to, to bring this into a sort of micro um, cosm in regards to the relationships between men and women is sex. Sex is something that we do trivialize a lot. um, And it can be a very transcendent experience that is absolutely magical and meditative and all these wonderful things, but we do make it transactional and we do make it disconnected. And, and I think that's, that's a perfect example of how people miss opportunities all the time to connect to this source. Yeah. And that's a good example because obviously nowadays you can't even talk about that stuff without it, especially on Twitter, without it going some opposite way of what you're saying. But that's something I contemplated a lot during this time was that is an experience. And I mean, I think even the Gnostics teachings, that's basically what they talk about is sex and kind of enlightenment and all this. And, you know, it is something right in front of your face that you can connect with someone. And, you know, the red pill community doesn't want to hear this, but you can connect with someone and you can have an idea of what that energy is or living in the moment or whatever, but it's turned into, in my opinion, it's all just like PC politics. Now it's, it's, you can't say this, you can't say that we've got to take every single thing out of it. And when you take it out of it, you take the discussion out of it, then it does just turn into a transaction. But if you want that, there is a such thing as finding these things we're talking about, like you said, right in front of your face, anyone who's, married or dating or whatever, you can have this experience of the, you know, 
outside of the physical by doing something like that. So it's a good point. There is a there are several lineages that go back, you know, time immemorial that the you know the focus was on uh, sexual congress. Um, you know, the uh, the Kama Sutra and mm-hmm. you know, certainly our our Indian brothers and sisters uh, didn't have uh, didn't invent that. You know, it was something much earlier, and uh, it, it goes across cultures. And it's only when we get into the artificially uh, imposed dictates of dogma and doctrine that you can't do this because that's bad, that's a sin, you know, and and that's what adds to the absolute confusion with people about about their own sexuality. And I'm I'm not speaking about their preferences. I'm just speaking about the fact that, you know, we're, we're on, on one hand we're we're sold cars by women with large breasts that are, you know exposed but we're not supposed to look or we're not supposed to you know we, we shouldn't talk about these things or do these things or you know it, and, and you know that's another can of worms that it very often is just best left closed because you know, i in, in the past i have uh, had some you know teachings about uh, about uh, human relations in that way and, and sexuality Mm. And with, you know, as Jason said, with the current political correctness environment, um, it's much easier for me just to keep my mouth shut because it's. Which is sad. You know, there should <laughs> be more talk about it. Oh, you know, the, the things I could tell you right now, it would it would shock. It would uh, it would astound and it would probably get me arrested <laughs> just because of the of the uh, the mindset of people right now. And, mm. you know, you can, what you do is you, 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 you know, the, the counseling that you're doing, you know, the, the way that Goldman approaches stuff, um, uh, you know, some of the other young bucks out there, I'm probably more apt to listen to guys that have been shaving for a little longer, but okay. <laughs> you know, surprisingly though, it's, and this is what I love about, meeting everyone online, there's a lot of depth and breadth to the personalities and the personas and the energies. But I do feel like there is a collective consciousness um, that we're tapping into. And surprisingly with Goldman, just because I I, I did meet him, his energy, and maybe it was our mix of energy in particular, Mm -hmm. but the impression I got from him, even though I, I was attracted to his energy, even from online and curious about his life story meeting him and i mentioned this in our episode meeting him his energy was so intense and having you know going through like he took pictures of me we sat at a bar we had a conversation so you know he wasn't seducing me that is energy that is the exchange and interaction of energy and when that purity of energy that you experienced is brought forth with conscious intent in everything you do in your life um Mm -hmm. it's it's, you know we know the word orgasm and orgasmic uh there's another term that's out there that is far more encompassing and it's called orgastic that's Mm. when you can go and sit with your back against a tree and just be in a ceremonial space and just be at one with that moment and Mm -hmm. literally have an orgasm now (laughs) <laughs> ejaculation if you're male or not 
but there is this energetic release that just mm-hmm. that is absolute beauty and you know if you because of the you know the constrictions and the restrictions most people will never know that well i don't know if that would be similar to the kundalini type of sexual energy so i have no problem connecting to that i'm very a uh, very vibration very high vibration woman um with a very strong energetic field um and so when i meet people that are on the same vibration it's definitely it's experienced. Um, and I, I do call it, I don't like to use it, the word sexual as much, um, even though that's probably more literally what it is. I, I kind of use Jay Campbell's terminology of, of love yeah. and, and, and we connect on that. Um, because you have to, you have to accept it, you know, you have to see it as a positive thing. And so a lot of people will then objectify that into a more, um, base type of energy in a negative way, a shadow energy, and, and it's not, or it doesn't have to be. Uh, so it depends on the person, I feel, um, and how sick or healthy they are with their energy. And so that to me, I'm just using Golden as an, as an example because he may come off as, uh, and maybe he doesn't, I'm just making assumptions, but because he is so readily and openly sexual that people may think he's more of a playboy but he's really not he uh, he, he's a very he's a magician i i I do like he's got like such energy what i have seen of his writings and the you know the the energetic uh, vibe i get from his work he's an artist and i don't Mm -hmm. i don't mean a con artist i mean a real a man you know a human being that appreciates beauty that appreciates what Mm -hmm. it is to create and, you know, if, if I, if you had to ask me right now, point to one person that exemplifies what you're talking about, Red Horse, as to why, why we're here. I could very confidently point a finger at that man. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, all of this is kind of just a representation of just energy, like you said. It, the, the titles and the concepts and the definitions, especially on Twitter with all these spheres that they have you know a guy does something like that and it equals blank you say something like you said about having a connection and it equals blank it's these conceptual boxes that come off from these interactions but i don't know if it really matters what the definition of them is because you're around this person you had a good time there was a connection doesn't matter this or that that's probably the true definition of energy and being connected <laughs> i mean that's it so but it, i mean i won't go into it too much but the interesting thing is is that i was actually absolutely connected to somebody else during that that time and so i had to reject the connection with goldman if that adds even more texture to the example it's interesting that you can be that conscious about it and still experience yes. it but have boundaries mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it's obviously I'm still talking about it. So it left a significant (laughs) impression on me, but, um, uh, yeah, the energy that we have that we share with each other and the layers, um, that are possible, they're just infinite. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alexander talks about this, you know, Jay talks about this. A lot of us are talking about it. Uh, but it's not mainstream and it shouldn't be because once yeah. it's mainstream, it's, it, it loses its power. So 
you know, our conversation today, I think, is bringing it to the forefront a little bit more using examples and experiences and and words in a way that hopefully can bring it bring it to some kind of imagery for people to relate to because it's hard. It's hard to to articulate it. Yeah, it is. And a real quick red horse. I remember he made this comment. I was tweeting a few things out a little while ago and maybe it was a little too intense or I don't even remember what it was at the time, but he said, you can't give a 357 to a two-year-old. So that's kind of what this information is. If you're throwing this all out to mainstream, it turns into nothing. And when I hear Mm. you describe that story, there's not one thing in my awareness that says, oh, that means this or that. It was, no, there was a connection. That's probably the true definition of what they would call a magician because you could read that energy and there were still boundaries and that's what it is. But somebody hearing that, it's not going to connect if you're three years into red pill and you think everyone is, you know, X and Y. I mean, you have to bust out of those realms, but then when it goes mainstream, you have to be careful too. So it's, it's a thin line. Well, I've really appreciated this conversation today and, and, and your patience in getting here. So (laughs) any final thoughts before we close up gentlemen? Young book. No, I think we, I think we covered a lot of it there this was a delight and I'm glad that we really didn't sketch out a, 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 a battle strategy on this because this, I, I don't think we could have planned a better one. And Jason, your story is just so powerful. I'm, I, I hope that we have more of these represented um, for, for substance, you know, for men who are looking for mentors to see it. You don't just have to be a copywriter, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, be a business yeah. guy. Like that there's other elements that are really important that are being uh, minimized. Yeah, everyone's got a story and it's linking to other things. I mean, there's no way you would hear my story and think I'd be into this stuff. So everyone can learn from everyone for sure. Thanks for listening to the Babecast. If you want to stay connected, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. And don't forget to leave me your honest review. And if you want to find me on social media, it's at Dr. Babe Love Life. To those of you who already support the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and would like to help make the show possible, tap the link in the episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash drbabe to become a monthly supporter.